Hello, everyone. It's me again, Peter Harris, with Commercial Property Advisors, author of the book, Commercial Real Estate Investing for Dummies, and coach and mentor to commercial real estate investors all across this great nation of ours. The title and subject of today's video is Seven Commercial Real Estate Terms You Should Know. Let's get started. There's a quote I want to share with you from the Greek philosopher Aristotle. He says, educating the mind without educating the heart is no education at all. I truly believe that. What I want to do in this short podcast is very quickly share with you what's in the heart of every commercial real estate investment deal that you will find and come across. All right. So there are exactly seven commercial estate terms that you must know before you make any commercial real estate buying or investment decisions. I've taken the most important terms from my YouTube channel and I condensed it right here for you. So let's jump right into it. Number one, the first of seven uh, commercial real estate terms you must know. Number one is net operating income, also known as NOI. Now, I can't draw this on a board, but l let me share with you the, the calculation. So the net operating income calculation is NOI is equal to your gross rental income, right? Minus your expenses. Okay. So basically your rental income minus your expenses equals your NOI. Now in those expenses do not include mortgage, do not include uh, depreciation. I'm talking just property expenses. Okay. Again, NOI is equal to income minus expenses. All right. So NOI, it is the heart of every commercial real estate deal you ever do. Here's why you should know this. As the NOI goes upward, the property value will go upward and vice versa. If the NOI goes down, the property value goes down. A huge part of wealth creation in commercial real estate is to increase the NOI, for example, through rent increases and expense reductions. That's probably the easiest way. We teach our students to find deals with uh, net operating income upside, meaning they find ways to get the NOI to go to a new and higher level over the course of a year or two or three. And this leads me into a technique that all commercial real estate syndicators, and these are our students, this is what they do. It's, it's called the commercial cash out refi. I actually have a podcast where you found this podcast. Go back and one of the more recent ones is called a commercial cash out refi. You can check it out and, and listen to it. It's, it's basically buying a commercial property, increasing the NOI, and then refinancing the loan to pull out your original down payment or your investor's down payment while keeping the property. So let me ask you this. After you put your money in, you fix up the property, refine, you, you put your money, you take your money out. What is your return on investment if you have no money in? It's infinity, right? So uh, again, I discussed this technique at length on my podcast. It's called commercial cash out refi. So go ahead and check it out. All right. Now, Let's go to number two, okay? Here's the second of seven terms that you should know. It's called the cash on cash return. Cash on cash return is also known as your ROI, return on investment. It is the heart of your money, right? It is the heart of your money or your investor's money. Now, uh, here's a quick calculation. Again, I can't show you in the board, but cash on cash is basically your annual cash flow divided by your down payment. That's the cash on cash return. Okay, here's why you should know that. 
first of all, cash on cash return is my favorite term. This is your return, again, your return on investment or your ROI. It's a very important term because it's not how much money you spend on the property, but how fast is your money coming out of the property? That's the question, okay? Again, it's not how much money that you spend on your property or going in, it's how fast the money is coming out. If all you have is $50,000 to spend and it takes 20 years to get back your $50,000 through cash flow, that's not too exciting, right? By the way, that's a 5% return. Perhaps that's okay for a stockbroker, but not for us commercial real estate guys, right? We are expecting a double-digit return minimum, minimum, right? But what if it takes you three years to earn back your $50,000 down payment? That's much better, right? That's a 33% return on investment, and that's good and very doable in commercial real estate, right? So when you can pull off a 33% return, sometimes a 50% return on investment, it's because you are working on what we call value-add opportunities. And it's what we focus on here in our company, value-add commercial properties. All right, another thing I want to share with you is when you are raising capital from investors, what determines what you can pay them is your cash and cash return because it comes straight off the top. So that's why it's really important to know this term. All right, let's move on to number three. The third term of seven is called the capitalization rate or cap rate for short. If you look at the commercial real estate industry as a whole, and you look for the heart of a singular calculation that everyone uses in the industry, it's the cap rate. It's a industry-wide, it's a standard practice to use uh, cap rate. The calculation, by the way, cap rate equals NOI divided by the sales price. Okay. Now, let me share with you why you should know this. A cap rate is used to measure a building's performance without considering the mortgage financing. For example, if you paid all cash with investment, how much money does it make? What's your return? That's what a cap rate is. So in layman's terms, a cap rate is, what is your return on investment if you paid all cash for the property? Now, here's some more correlation. A high cap rate, which is you know, 10, 11, 12%, usually typifies a higher risk investment and a low sales price. High cap rate investments are typically found in poor, low-income regions, neighborhoods. Now, on the other hand, a low cap rate, and let me define low cap rate, I would say a 6, 5, and 4. That's what I call low cap rate, right? That usually typifies a lower risk investment, but a high sales price, okay? And low cap rates are usually found in you know upper middle class to upper uh, income uh, neighborhoods. Therefore, neighborhoods within cities have stamped on them their assigned cap rates, okay? So every neighborhood has a cap rate. With that said, if you know the NOI, if you know what the NOI is and you know the given cap rate, then you can calculate what the sales price would be, right? Because if cap rate is equal to NOI divided by the sales price, you can flip that equation over and say sales price is equal to NOI divided by the cap rate. I know I said that quickly, but if you watch my videos, you know what I mean. All right, let's move on to number four. Number four of seven of commercial real estate terms you, sh you should know is debt coverage ratio. We call it DCR. Get used to this term. This is a term used frequently with your lenders. Here's what it is. When you think of commercial real estate and you think of financing, at the heart of those two, commercial real estate and financing, is the DCR. It's defined as the amount of cash flow available 
to pay your mortgage. All commercial lenders want your deal to be able to pay the mortgage and have something left over. And debt coverage ratio, DCR, tells you how much is left over, right? Here's why you should know it. It's a very important number for your lender. It's their first check to see if this deal is lendable. And by the way, lenders usually want to see a uh, debt coverage ratio of at least 1.2 or more. Now, you're asking me, what's 1.2 mean, right? Let me give you the quick uh, calculation. DCR, debt coverage ratio, the, the formula is NOI divided by your annual debt service. Debt service is your annual mortgage payments, okay? So again, DCR is equal to NOI divided by your 12 months of mortgage payments. And if it comes up to 1.0, that means you have no excess cash flow. That means your NOI is equal to your mortgage, right? But if it goes over one, that means you have cash flow. And uh, banks want to see an overage of 0.2 or more, okay? All right, let's go to number five. Number five of seven of commercial terms you should know is price per unit or price per square foot. This term is at the heart of where to start in determining what a property is worth, and also what to offer when you're considering buying the property, all right? So at the heart of knowing how much you're gonna pay for the property is basically uh, the price per unit and price per square foot. Let me define that. So price per unit, we usually use that for apartments, right? So if you have a $500,000, let me get my calculator right here and make sure I do the math correctly. If you have a $500,000 apartment building and you have 10 units in it, that's $50,000 a unit, okay? Price per unit. You would do the same calculation on the square footage, okay? And we use price per square foot in office buildings and retail centers, industrial, things like that. But we tend to use price per unit or price per door for apartments. Here's why it's important to know, right? If you want to know how to gauge your offer price, where to start, you need to know price per unit or price per square foot. If you want to make sure you don't overpay for your deal, you need to know price per unit and price per square foot. How do you know if what a seller's asking price, if it's realistic? How do you know? If you would know that if you understood price per unit and price per square foot. You see, price per square foot and price per square foot, price per unit and price per square foot are stamped onto your neighborhood, onto your market, right? It's going to be different if you go downtown, if you live in the suburbs. So you must know what the price per unit or price per square foot is where you live. Okay, got it? The fourth thing where, it, you know, knowing this price per unit figure and the price per square foot is if you are a wholesaler, right? If you commercial wholesale, uh, if you wholesale commercial properties, you'll know if you have an, a good deal or not. Okay, let's move on to number six. Number six is building classification. And what I mean by building classification is, you ever heard of A-class building, B-class building, and C-class? That's the classification. That's the box that we put properties into, okay? Now, for example, in previous videos, I gave you a brief a briefing on class A, B, and C, but let me do it again here just really quickly, okay? A class A building represents the newest and highest quality, the best location, highest rents, they attract the highest quality tenants. It's just a beautiful building in a beautiful neighborhood, right? The most expensive thing. B class is the next step down. Class B buildings are usually a little older, 
right? But they, they're still good quality, still good buildings. Oftentimes, value-added investors target these type of buildings as investments since well-located Class B buildings can be returned to their uh, A-Class glory, right? So here's your goal. Your goal is to find a B-Class building in an A-Class neighborhood, and then you will renovate that building to get the A-Class rents, okay? That's your goal. Let's go to C-Class. C-Class is the lowest classification, lowest official classification, and um, buildings are older. You, you'll find Section 8 tenants in them. They'll be subsidized buildings. They'll be older. They'll, they'll built in the 80s and, and back, right? If you are an apartment investor, these days, today, Class C is the way to go because the ratio between the, the price per unit and your rents are still good. Still good. All right. So there's another class. It's called Class D. D is in dog. And it's not an official class, but some buildings do fall in the Class D. And I want you to stay away from them because they need extensive renovation. A lot of them are, are vacant buildings and it's not for the beginner, right? Class D are for experts who have deep pockets, okay? So if you're a beginner, don't even consider a Class D building. All right. Now, another thing on class A, B, and C in terms of, you know, who would buy them for a class A, if you're a beginner investor, don't play here, right? Too high price, low returns, and you get steep competition from the institutional buyers and the real estate funds. And they're okay with the low returns, right? And they can pay all cash. Now, class B, beginning investors have good opportunities with class B. It's where I recommend you start, right? Probably the, the most stable property, probably probably in a you know decent neighborhood, right? It's probably the best place to start. Class C, beginning investors can experience the highest returns here, right? But it's also the riskiest, right? So the majority of commercial properties in the U.S. are C-class, majority. There will always be C-class opportunities, always, all right? Because you can't build new uh, new C-class properties, right? Too expensive to build. Uh, you couldn't afford to, to pay for the building with the C-class rents, all right? So B and C is where you want to play as a beginner, B and C. Do not mess with A. Do not mess with D. All right, let's go to number seven. Number seven, we're at, yeah, number seven. Number seven is the types of leases, okay? Imagine your heart and a major blood vessels coming out the arteries, right? If the heart is the property, then the leases are the arteries, okay? So leases are the lifeline, they're the lifeblood of a commercial property. Leases are written legal agreements between the property owner and tenant. Let me discuss with you the several types of leases. In previous videos, I went over in great detail. I'm going to share with you really quickly what they are. Uh, apartments, we have one-year lease, we have nine-month lease, and we have month-to-month -month leases, and they're all written by our, our attorney, okay? So they're they're uh, really, really uh, strong leases. And why are they strong? Because you are in the income business. What gives you the right to, to collect rent and evict people? If you don't have a strong legal instrument, a legal agreement, uh, that your tenants can just mess around and play with you and uh, stay, in, stay in your apartments rent-free without paying rent, okay? So the leases are really, really important. Now, in office buildings and in shopping centers, we have these three types of leases. We have the full-service lease, where the landlord pays for everything. We have the triple-net lease, where the tenant pays for everything. 
And then we had a modified gross lease where it's halfway between the full service and the triple net lease. Okay. Again, I go into much more detail in the type of leases in my other videos, but I'm not going to do that today. Right. Here's why I'm going to reiterate why you should really understand the type of leases you're getting into. Because again, leases are the lifeblood of any commercial estate investment. And I, I took a class and uh, it was a long class and it was a really tough class. And it was inbred into us that the lease agreement is so important. It's as if you're buying the building for free and you're paying for the leases. So if I bought a $2 million commercial property, the building's free when I'm buying with the leases. That's how important it is. So that was seven, but guess what? I have a bonus term I want to share with you. And this is probably the most important term of all, right? And this term will help you get the best deals. It will convince the seller to work with you instead of others. It will help you work with a broker that will send you his or her off-market deals. So you want to know what the answer is? The answer is commercial real estate is a relationship-based business. The answer is relationships. That's the bonus term. That's number eight. This is probably the most important term of them all. You see, none of these terms matter if you don't get this part. Here's the bottom line question. Who do you think will get you the best deals? Or what do you think will get you the best deals? Knowing terms and knowing people, right? What will convince a, a seller to work with you instead of others? Knowing terms or understanding the needs and motivations and, and building rapport with the seller, right? There's a saying that you probably heard. No one cares how much you know until they know how much you care, okay? That is so true in commercial real estate. And I'll, I'll repeat it. No one cares how much you know until they know how much you care. That goes with commercial property owners. That goes with brokers, all right? Study the terms and know them, but I want you to start with the relationship first. Commercial real estate is a relationship-based business. So I want you to build relationships with brokers, with sellers, with mentors, and other successful people. That's where success happens first. Got it? All right, so you can get uh, access to even more great resources at our website, commercialpropertyadvisors.com, or you can just subscribe to this podcast channel and listen to more of my podcasts. So thank you so much for watching seven commercial real estate terms you should know. I'll see you at the next podcast.